My name is Alex, and I'm here to say I hate Yerks in a major way. Welcome to Minds at Yerk. My name is Alex. I'm Megan. My name is I'm Tim. I feel like you hit that really hard, Alex. Well, you know, I was proud of myself for once <laughs> actually remembering. It made me stop and be like, how do I normally announce myself on this <laughs> podcast? Like, thanks. Thanks for that moment of uh, unclarity in this very clear time. Well, I mean, the, the other half of it was it was partially my overcompensating for having to work very hard not to say welcome to episode whatever of Panelology. <laughs> I am kind of glad we don't number these episodes. Well, that's true, but that's because we don't count in, like, order. We have too many decimals on this podcast. That's very true. That's very yeah, they true. They kind of number themselves, don't they? I mean, I guess I was, like, not taking into consideration the decimals. I kind of forgot that we do it that way. I didn't forget. Because I'm the one who has to go, what book number was this? Did I did I have decimals between these? Like when we added in the Animorphs TV show episodes and I went back to oh, put shit, them I'm at so sorry. wherever we were. I'm like, okay, let me look at the date we recorded this and the date we released the episode we recorded before it and drop the episode between those. I feel like you could have asked me this and I would have helped you with this information. It wasn't hard. It actually takes longer to explain in human words than it takes to do. This is valid. Yeah. But I I know the decimals. You should see the weird numbering system that I came up with for the Rob Thomas podcast. I do miss the Rob Thomas podcast. We have started recording again. We'll be back soon. I know. That takes care of my plugs for the episode. I'm doing it early. (laughs) Anyone else got plugs? Yes, but not for this moment. Tim? No. Maybe well, that maybe case, give me like an episode to think about it. While you think about that, why don't you give me your book summary for book 48, The Return. The gang is on a school trip at the White House when a fight breaks out. Then Rachel fights Jake after Tobias dies. But that was Rachel having a nightmare. Rachel has been having a lot of nightmares. Rachel goes to school and has weird visions including visions of David. Rachel sees Cassie attacked by a lot of rats. Then she is attacked as well. Rachel is then quickly in a dungeon. David has trapped her so she could share his fate of life as a rat. David uses Cassie to force Rachel to morph rat. David is planning to unleash a plague to stop the humans and yurks and take over the world. But it turns out that David is just working for the Cryak. Rachel figures out that not everything she sees is real, and the Cryak displays the amazing power that they can bestow upon Rachel. The Cryak lets Rachel fight Visser 1, but she does not kill him. Rachel has to kill Jake to maintain her power. She doesn't. She works out a plan to get out of the box and tracks down David. She says she will put David back on the island. David says he would rather die. Rachel must decide. Which choice makes her a good guy? And we'll never know, much like the end of Axe's last book. <laughs> no, we absolutely know. Yeah? Yeah, oh, oh, we, we know. 
We know she ices the crap out of David. I feel like that. Excuse the potential pun. Nope, I just lost it. Hang on. We excused Fuck. it so hard it ceased to Fuck. exist. I heard like my I had something, and then my head was like, "No, that is terrible." I picture, and I was like, "It's not an intentional pun." And then my brain was like, "It's so bad, I'm kicking it out." Shit. I'm picturing okay. an anthropomorphic fun or pun standing in your doorway, and you're like, "Excuse the pun," and it waves and walks away. <laughs> I think I was going to say something about that sounds so cold-hearted. And, or something along those lines. Oh, my brain, my poor brain. So, uh, Meg, do you, do you think she ices David? <sighs> if Cassie can, as you claim, kill Visser 2's brother, <laughs> surely Rachel can ice David. Oh, fuck. And didn't Jake kill Visser 1's brother? Wasn't that a thing oh, we were talking about? Oh, that's the Visser I meant. Oh, okay. I averaged three and one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I was like, did I hear two? I must not have heard correctly. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna assume my hearing's bad. Look, all... I think I did say it was Jake, not Cassie. All cards on the table. We are recording this on November 2nd, 2020. Yeah. None of us is gonna be coherent. Yeah. Um, I guess, okay. I don't deny I think Rachel did kill David. I think that it is the hard but correct decision. Um, it does make me reanalyze my stance on if Jake killed Vizzer whatever's brother, I still vote that yes, that happened. And maybe they just haven't fucking told Rachel. Let's just call him by an easier to remember name. Esplin 9466. Okay. I feel like um, killing a yurt is more easily justified to themselves as not being cold blood murder than killing a kid trapped in a rat body. Even if you're killing the host who is an innocent bystander at the (gasps) same time. Damn it. I did not expect this to start with this. Boom. Cassied. Fucking hell. Yeah, I still gotta say, I still think that Jake did it. We need to go back and revisit that, because I thought I said, I thought I said that Jake did it. Or maybe I said that Jake didn't do it. Now I don't remember what I said. I don't either. I don't remember where I fell on I the I still argument. feel like an Animorph killed the Yerk. Meanwhile, I think he is out there somewhere waiting to strike again. You know what? We got a lot of people who are going to be coming back in the next few books, starting with this one fucking hell add him to the list i don't remember if he comes back or not we'll go from there i was gonna go back and look at my summary but i don't think it says in there so we have a history in recent rachel books of they're generally feeling unsatisfying in terms of how rachel is portrayed how do we feel about this one i I reserve their right to go last okay I, I granted don't know how I feel about Rachel's representation in this book. I think I was happy with it because I really liked this book. This book had a lot of like horror elements at the front when it was going through the nightmares and stuff. I thought it was really the nightmare cool. within a nightmare within a yeah. Nightmare. They they should make a movie like that where somebody goes into a dream and then goes <laughs> into a dream inside the dream and then possibly Shit. even a third time. Yeah, well, Call Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, if they do that, they should at least acknowledge. This Animorphs book and maybe, I don't know, end on a shot like this book did of Rachel and a rat staring at a spinning top. Yes, exactly. Exactly. What 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 Tim left out of his summary is that Rachel and David are having a Blayblade tournament. <laughs> Beyblade tournament. <laughs> were Beyblades a thing in 2000? No, no, but Blayblades were. Blayblades. Look, you know what? Look, it's sometimes fine. you have to come up with off-brand brand names for legal reasons. <laughs> sometimes megan was just not that kind of nerd it's fine 
Uh, Beyblade was first released in Japan uh, in July of 1999. Going to remind you that Animorphs does take place in America. We don't know. Yes, we do. We know that. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) Nice try, but we do. Um, But they made it to America pretty quickly. 2002, Hasbro started selling them internationally. Gotcha. So, what do you think of this book, Alex? I overall liked it. Um, I think that I think that it does a smart job of taking the books that exist before for Rachel and finding a way to maybe bring those threads about is she good or evil, is she too hardcore or whatever to maybe a more integrated person. Um and I'm I'm kind of with Tim like I like the weird sort of horror existential crisis of it, the what is real, what isn't. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm I'm a sucker for the David stuff, even if David's role here is basically to be just kind of off his rocker and a pawn of the Krayak. I, I think it works. Um, so before I, I give my answer, and I really love that we do this only with Rachel books, because like, I guess I'm the only one who's like, I have found my ride or die in this. Um, if I tell you this is the last book narrated by Rachel because of where we are in the series and i'm going to go ahead and tell you that 54 is narrated by a bunch of people so this is the last full book with rachel does that change either of your thoughts no i I think it's a good one i would like there to be one more full rachel narrated book but i also think like as little as i remember and i do remember certain things that happened near the end as little as I remember, I'm at least glad we had this book mm-hmm. to sort of let her find her own version of where she's at and like her sort of answer to these questions. Uh, like I, I'm, I'm glad we had some version of it. Could there be a more satisfying version on its own? Maybe. Um, would another Rachel book actually have? a lot more to put on what this one has said. I don't know. I feel like it would be more of a victory lap, and I don't know that that feels right for a Rachel book either. Sure. There was a a marriage in this book. Like the There's like the Cryak Elemist part of the story, and there's the Animorphs part of the story, and this one had the best balance of the two, and I thought that was super enjoyable. So, I like the last third of this book i don't like that the dreams i like the dream the idea of having nightmares we are at a point where all the animorphs are like there's so much pressure going on and they don't know what visitor one's about to do and it is causing so much tension and stress and like relationships shouldn't be good during that they shouldn't be doing okay and rachel is not in understanding or liking what she's become i don't like the fact that they are so focused on this idea of rachel wanting to be a leader because i feel like that book was such bullshit and out of left field and i agree i think they marry it really well with what they're trying to do but i hate it (laughs) and i I think i don't disagree with you there um i think the cryac i don't uh, i don't i got a lot of i don't really love the cryac i like the idea of a big ultimate bad but like if it had just been the Drood, honestly, this book would have been fine if it was just David. Yeah. And and challenging and Rachel this concept of who is she on this team? What does she mean to this team? Is she a good guy? And all the grayness in between. 
and take that last third and fucking make it all of it. Like, I would have been fine. As a kid, probably not. Probably did need, actually, the cry attic and the dream sequence and all that stuff. I, I don't hate it, and I definitely like it more um, than my initial reaction when we got to this book was like, oh, I remember hating this book. And I don't hate it. Um, I think you're right. I don't think that there's much more we can give Rachel's character before the end. Like, the thought processes are, like, hearing this because ultimately at the end, she is, her entire identity at this point is, is she a good guy? Is she a bad guy? And what does that mean after this war is done? There, well, I guess two things. One, I think I think you make a really important distinction, which is, as much as I like the structure of the dream part and the horror elements that Tim mentioned, I do think the content of the dreams could have been something else. Or maybe we see fewer dreams, but they build and feel less like aggro in terms of suddenly Rachel feels like she should be leader. Uh, I, yeah, I feel like you can do all this aggression and having this torment about the fact that like you're kind of ready for the fight to be public so that you can become the hero that you think you are. Yeah. And to, at the end of the day, remind yourself that you're the good guy. It's like all one big circle. And the added, I, I guess I would have been happier if she had walked away from the Jake dream being like, I don't want to be a fucking leader. Where is this coming from? Yeah. And putting that more on like the cryac trying to feed that into her brain, 100% would have been on board. But it does feel like a way of just combining this like out of left field book we had. I also want to say this is my least favorite cover of all of them. Let's talk about the cover a little <clears throat> bit. Uh, and I'll come back to the other thing I had because it's not super pressing. Um, I remember this cover very vividly. What I did not remember was in the book when the Drode transforms her and gives her these superpowers. That is what we see on the cover, the Krayak. That is what we see on the cover. Like, it talks about her becoming metal and cogs and gears and, like, robotic, steampunk, post-human Rachel, right? On the cover, she gets abs and Lady Deathstrike fingers. <laughs> and admittedly, like, they're good abs and Lady Deathstrike fingers. And we've talked before about the cover artist did not ever get the text of the book. Mm -hmm. But... I, I wish we could see that on the cover because I just I just want to know what that would look like and see the process of morphing into that. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Um, instead, we get razor blade jazz hands. Also, you can't forget the thighs. Look at those thighs. I was those actually thighs can crush watermelon. I was just noticing the thighs too. Um, those thighs are so extreme; you can see them through the jeans, and man, they can crush heads. Yes, that is that is also true. Uh, and biceps. Is, she also gets biceps. That is fitness goals right there. Come yeah. on. What do you think of the cover, Tim? Um, well, I had the same thing. I was before I started reading the book. I even made the comment about why Rachel was turning into Wolverine. Rachel, please, Wolverine. Rachel, Wolverine. Rachel. Sorry. Yeah. It does look like the guy who creates the cover did hire a female bodybuilder to pose for the body. So, like kudos to whoever's body yeah. that is like fucking fantastic i'm jealous also the the shadow on the inside cover she's supposed to be like 20 feet tall and they they pretty much match what actual rachel would be to the to visitor one well that's true again like they don't get a they don't get the text of the book yeah 
but you are right. Like, it should be an itty-bitty Visser yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to do, like, any kind of bullshit lighting design answer to explain <laughs> why, but honestly, like, nah, I got nothing. Look at the, the- Rachel is definitely not on the moon, though. Look at the- look at the shadows. <laughs> That's my Rachel conspiracy theory. Rachel did not go to the moon. Ah. Uh. <sighs> so you're one of those that, like, the flat earth, we didn't go to the moon, it- it, pen, it hinges on the, uh- the shadows, because I think I saw a TikTok about that recently. I, I just, I remember somebody saying the shadows. I don't actually know what's wrong with the shadows. I never no, paid Tim, enough attention to it. But what, what, what you're, what you've misunderstood here is that in fact, the moon video was filmed on the same soundstage as what we do in shadows. Ah, uh, okay, okay. No, that's <laughs> what I yeah. heard. That's what I heard. Yeah. Um, Neil Armstrong was in fact. A vampire, and they shoot what we do in shadows on the moon. If you live Is on that, the moon, so that's how you get the camera to work. That's how you get the camera to work, and also, uh, if you live on the moon, you don't have to worry about nighttime or daytime. If you live on the right side of the moon, the dark side so of the, the moon. dark side. <clears throat> Where's Long Island on the moon? <laughs> uh, somewhere in the Sea of Tranquility. Oh, okay. I thought New Long Island was in New York. No, this That's where is where the TV show place it takes place. This is Long Island, named for uh, actor Telly Leung. It's actually Leung Island. Oh, my bad. Yeah, L E U N G. Um, it's in the Sea of Tranquility. He he was actually the understudy for the moon landing. Ah ah ah. Okay. Public service announcement: Conspiracy theories are generally bullshit, <laughs> and we don't actually endorse them here on Minds at Yerk. Believe in science. Thank you. But they are, they are, <laughs> if nothing else, they're interesting. They are garbage. They are interesting. I feel like, yeah, there's a lot, like, ugh, with QAnon being a thing right now, like, I don't know. Tim and I have had a very long, like, fascination of, like, frustrating each other with conspiracy <laughs> theories. And it's like, but also with QAnon being a thing, like, that's all that it is. Yes. That's Meg's, all. Meg's favorite conspiracy theory, birds are robots. Tim's favorite God, conspiracy so theory, much. humans can be allergic to ranch <laughs> dressing. <laughs> Fuck. The record should reflect that Alex brought up ranch this time. Preemptively. I think that I, I actually used that when, uh, after reading the Department of Truth. I was questioned again about whether or not I believe in these things, and I told I, my answer was no, except for the one about ranch. And it just ended up getting a whole bunch of looks. Apparently, I'm the only one that knows about that one. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, well, I mean, not all of us are so well-versed in the writings of Anne Ranch. <laughs> so this book Who incidentally loved, Lan <sighs> loved ranch I in her later life. Tried so hard. Tried so I hard. I thought Anne Ranch wrote Interview with a Vampire. Is that wrong? That's no, no, that's Anne Rice. Oh, sorry. That is Howard. That is Howard. How Howard? How Anne Rice's real name is Howard. Like the duck? I knew if I waited long enough, Tim would ask that <laughs> question. <laughs> okay, so Howard Rice. Howard Allen Francis O'Brien. Are you is this a conspiracy? Are you messing with me right now? So this book was ghostwritten by Kim Morris. Oh. Well played. I'm no, that was actually true. Is it? Is it? I really not. Wait, um, you this know what? Animorphs books or Interview with a Vampire? <laughs> <laughs> no, I really didn't know that that was not a 
real person's name. Oh, well, I guess it is a real person, but you know what I mean. What? <laughs> I, are you saying that Anne Rice is a is a pen name for somebody? Anne Rice's real name is Howard Allen Francis O'Brien. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I did not know and that. Who wrote Animorphs number forty eight? The Return. Kim Morris. Kim Morris also wrote thirty eight, which was, uh, I believe, Axe gets a girlfriend briefly. Ah, yes. Is that our Gay and Delight book? I think that is the Gay and Delight book. I think you're right. I'm double checking. I am looking at the 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 acknowledgement, the thanks in this book. Says Lisa Hardrick, it is not right. Okay. Or Hard Park Raider. Something. Yeah. Okay. That is why I was confused. No, totally understand. Um, I pull up the Wikipedia. It has been, I do believe it's been updated in the ebooks is where it came from. Cool. Um, I don't think that's... No, it has to be the Gay Andalite book, because we don't have a ton of Axe books. She also wrote 50 and 52, which we haven't gotten to yet, obviously. Or have we? No, we haven't. We read them in Howard has. But only on the moon. (laughs) All right. My my other thing, going back to the, the other comment I had, was... One of the maybe not even intentional things that that I liked about this that at least hit this way for me is I feel like this book does does a lot to sort of maybe explain why Tobias and Rachel work well as a couple, like in in a weird backwards way. Um, because I feel like part of, part of what we've gotten so much is like, it's, it's maybe a little easier to understand the way certainly the way Rachel books are written, why Tobias would be into Rachel, but as much as in some books Rachel has complained about Tobias not deciding just to stop fighting and be a human, what maybe Rachel gets out of it. But given that kind of the the decision she has to make here is, can I own kind of the the darkness in me? Can I own this fight or flight? Can I own this I'll do what has to be done sort of impulse? It actually reminded me a lot of Tobias early on sort of struggling with the, can I be a human mind in a bird? Can I be something more than just the sum of these parts? Can I own, like, the predation side of it? And I think, I think it's not just accidental. Because Rachel talks about how Tobias used to hide these things from her and how he's stopped hiding, eating when he needs to and hunting when he needs to more than once. Um, I don't know that it's an important part of the book, but I think it does sort of, like, tie a bow in a way, on their their relationship. I see what you're saying. Yeah. The similar kind of damage. Well, or just adjacent like, kind of damage being a bonding point. Not not even that way, because I don't know that that's the most healthy thing. I think in a way, though, like... It's not. I think in a way, there is something in Tobias and how he handled everything that is almost aspirational for her. I get that. Yeah, like there is an, a self-acceptance that she has seen in him that she has struggled to be clear just for my own i guess sanity um the entire conversation with axe marco and tobias is a dream none of that actually happened correct uh you know because that ends with her flying into a red light and being unable to get away from it and waking up at home yeah i i think that's all part of the the dreamscape 
I just occasionally we're not all on the same page as what is a fucking dream. And it's usually <laughs> me that's off. So I just want to confirm that, like, if we build the box, there's the little box of the White House that's surrounded by the box stream that is her talking to Marco and Axe and Tobias. Yeah. But is then built around maybe a dream of school. I still can't decide if that part's also a dream because I think Cassie is really there in the end. But also, what the fuck? I think school <laughs> happened because there's a point where she talks about dozing off or losing time. I see. Okay. And I think school happens and then she ends up in a dream again. And that's when we get Cassie versus Cassie and the rats. And then she wakes up again and she's in the, what was it, the sewer? Yeah. I just had a really terrible thought. Yeah. Do you think Rachel lives on Elm Street? I feel like we might even have heard their street name at some point. And it was it something was like really generic. A really stupid question. It might have been, though. I'm going to say yes. I think Rachel definitely lives on Elm Street. Final cool. answer. I want to swing back to something that we talked about earlier. We we talked about Rachel. Uh, like, it's a really weird thing because they... They talk about Rachel wanting to be the leader. And I never once read it, even though they use the words, be the leader. I never read it as her wanting to be the leader. I always read it as her wanting things done her way. If, if yeah, there's like a, like, a little bit of a distinction there, at least for me. Where it's like, she she never wanted to be in charge. She just wanted the whole group to, I guess, see it how she sees it and that the the open war would be better because she even talks about it later in the book about how she doesn't want to be leader and she wasn't a good leader and she didn't enjoy that experience when she was leader so it's it's funny to me that in the dream and whatnot they always they 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 talk about it that way but it doesn't sound like what she wants i like that as an anxiety yeah i can i can see where you're coming from too because like there's also i mean a lot in the last third but the kind of end of the book deals with her sort of wrestling with the fact that sometimes the team does leave choices to her unilaterally. Yeah. And she's not the leader and they don't see things her way. But sometimes, I mean, the resolution of this book is sometimes they're not seeing things her way, but they're standing back anyway. And letting her make the call keeps them safe from like... Right. The standpoint of not having to live with the trauma and guilt of having made these calls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, like, I think it's a good point. I think. That helps me really like this book more. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I, I like that idea a lot. And it, it, it is kind of interesting when you put it in the context of a dream. So, like, maybe, like you said, there's some anxiety attached to that. But when it's brought, like, in the, the, the waking mind, it's. It's something a little bit different, you know? Yeah, like, I I, yeah. I, kind of wish now at some point the question would have come up maybe earlier. Like, where does my responsibility for these things I'm left to do stop? Yeah. Right. Like, where where does that come from? Where does that stop? Because I, I think that that is a good distinction. And I think it doesn't get set up in that way clearly. I also like how there isn't, like, actual Jake in this book. It's it's like <laughs> concept Jake. Yeah. And I think that works a lot better. It's it's the Jake as everybody sees or talks about him without him actually interacting. Is it Jake in the hallway who brushes her off? 
Oh, I don't know if that was real or not now. I think yeah. I think that has to be real. If Cassie is real in that scene, I think that has to be real. Yeah, that makes I sense. I think that the perceived coldness or whatever is probably just yeah. um tension thing or whatever. Which is um, a nod. I but th- I I'm oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Um I, I I like it. I agree. I think that if you take that as her manifesting her fears and needing to put it as st- <laughs> Um, Prince Jake. I was like, "Fucking hell, what is that called?" <laughs> Prince Jake, rather than cousin Jake or friend Jake or whatever, it does work really well. Tim, when when Meg said cousin Jake, did you also picture fuck uh, you cousin? What's his name from Perfect Strangers? Cousin, cousin Larry. <laughs> cousin Larry. I cousin Larry flashed in my mind. I'm not going to tell you what I thought about when she said Prince Jake. I mm, I, I feel like you have to now. It's a piercing. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I just, that's what I first thought about. And then after that, I wondered where the Prince Jake would be. Do you have Prince Jake in a can? <laughs> I know what my nightmare is going to be manifested of tonight. Thank you. Yeah, Tim. Thank you. So that was like, Axe would be your Balky in that situation, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What a, a great show. I so, miss that show. I had a cry, uh, not a cry, a droid casting thought in this episode, this book. Okay. Um, Andy Samberg for the droid. I can get on board with that. I'd like to see him play e- something evil. I, I think, honestly, I see a little more Andy Circus. if I'm being honest. That's what I see. I see something a little bit. You you just picture a full-out Smeagol, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. Like, very, very close. <laughs> I mean, both would work, but I I really like the idea. I guess because, like, Andy Samberg, to me, is Jake Peralta. Or um, the brother in some movie where he plays the... He's the gay brother that gets along really great with the parents while the main character's brother does... Or the main character guy doesn't. I can't really remember what fucking movie this is. I know him from the Lonely Island song about... Uh, trying to buy tickets to the Chronicles of Narnia and yeah. dropping Hamiltons at uh, a donut oh, yeah, shop like that. Aaron Burr. Damn it, now I have to look this up. What about Gilbert Gottfried? Uh, Gilbert Gottfried is in fact the Elemus. Oh, I love that so <laughs> much. <laughs> oh, that's how my headcanon is now. Now, Gilbert Gottfried voices all of the uh, 200, 300 years in the future Yerk bots. <laughs> oh, God. The planet of Yerk salesmen. That's all Gilbert's Gottfried. <laughs> I like how you pluralized that. Thank you. Um, I still don't have a good Krayak. Although, if, if Andy Samberg is, is drowed for this, I'm going to say that the Krayak has to be... Uh, Brower. Yeah. I think I'm having like residual Elemus feeling still because I just don't love the concept of the Cryak and the Elemus. As like even with the Gilbert Gottfried thing? I'm ignoring that. Oh. Um, <laughs> wisely. I, I'm gonna say wisely. That was not my best idea. That was life changing. It um, was intentionally we tried to come up with a bad idea. If this had come prior to the Elemus, where I still viewed the Cryak as this like understandable big bad evil with the elements and they actually have entanglement which i'm not denying that they don't but i just hate the way that the elements set up their relationship and like the more and more i think about it the more and more i hate it i just i guess that's part of me is like he didn't need to be involved in this at all 
What about the druid could have been there. That's fine. The druid I just picture is like chaotic evil. So like, that's fine. Yeah. What about Ron Perlman for the Cryek? I don't think I've ever seen anything with Ron Perlman in it. Am I thinking of the wrong person? I no. don't think you are. You're thinking He's of kind of have like a Yeah, 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 that's the one. Just kind of a big deep voice guy. Kind of somber, you know? Big, deep voiced and somber. Like Paul Rubens. Yes. <laughs> I so want much. Paul Rubens and Gilbert Gottfried to go to war <laughs> for the universe. Tim, how many times have we told you this is not the place to pitch your screenplay? <laughs> At least triple TM it. It, it, TM, TM, TM. I'm just saying, if ever there was someone, an an exact opposite. No, not opposite. That's not the word I want. Equal. It's Gilbert Gottfried and Paul Rubens. It's it's just like, um, it's just like Newton said. For every Rubens, there's an equal but opposite Gottfried. Yes. Oh my god, boys. Let's get back on track. Something, something, Billy Zane. (laughs) Billy Zane is the Cryak. It was meant to be. We were we knew it even before we started. What else do we want to talk about in this book? Hard pivot. <laughs> Jeremy pivot. <laughs> Jeremy pivot. Um Oh, that's a terrible person. Yep. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman could play every single character in this and we would never realize it. Yep. Let's have Gary Oldman play every single character in this. Nah. <laughs> I'm good. Um, I'd like to see Gary Oldman's Rachel. I started this book and was like, man, I remember a White House scene. I thought it was a dream. And then I'm reading and I'm like, well, we're in chapter two and we're still in this White House. So I guess, um, what? I and then it's to... chapter three and I'm like, we're still in the fucking White House. What is going on? This is not how I remember this going down at all. I and had... then finally we get, it's a dream. And I was like, God. <laughs> <laughs> the exact same reaction. They're in the White House and it starts with like. And to your left is the president's office. I'm like, no, no group of children ever be taken that close to the Oval goddamn office. <laughs> mine, mine was later in the book okay. when Rachel was like, yeah, Marco wouldn't even be at the White House with us. And I was like, shut up, Rachel. Like, <laughs> I also said that too. I was like, God damn it, yeah, you're yeah. right. And I, I just checked. It does say right, not left in the book. I felt like I had it, lo- had it wrong and I did. On the right I, is the Oval Office. Which I guess they like, would clearly take kids down that path. But it, it didn't hit me that it was supposed to be a quote-unquote class trip. I was just like, Marco's there. Marco's got to be in more if he's just talking. <laughs> it, and, and Rachel, Marco wouldn't be there. And I'm like, fuck, you're but, right. But I had explained this away in my head. It's the, fine. The fact that it takes more than one chapter immediately made me go, oh no, maybe it's real. Yeah. Why like, have chapter breaks if it's not where the dream stops? I know. I'm just like. I remember bits and pieces of how the next few books go. Like, I remember the big things, and I'm like, oh, shit. This isn't one of them. <laughs> like, now now my headcanon is Kim Morris at a scholastic office arguing with people about whether or not a dream should go longer than one chapter. And she's like, <laughs> no, they'll think it's real. I, like, seriously, I though, bonus points for, for leaning into, yeah. into that. I got mixed feelings about dream sequences in books, like, just on a general basis. And this didn't help. I was just <laughs> so frustrated. I also really like that Dream Axe is very supportive. Yeah. Hey, you seem to really be looking for Cassie. Is there something we can do to help? And I was like, God damn, Axe. <laughs> well, at Rachel this has is the, amazing. The whole thing about how, yeah, Axe doesn't really get human emotions. Except maybe he does. Yeah, I like this, like, 
progression of like Axe's character has definitely changed and matured and is understanding. And I'm like, I really appreciate this. Yeah. I also apparently highlighted the like description of the elephant in the room. It's a big purple one, the polka dots that nobody talks about. And it's like, oh, I feel that. Yeah. And then I had a moment of like, could an elephant? I was not in my living room. I was uh, walking. And then I was like, can an elephant fit in my living room? Yes. Well, yes, but it might fall through the floor like in that other well, Animorphs yes, book. Yes, yes. I also, my next thought was, I live on the third floor. That would be bad for my neighbors. But yes. Now I'm wondering how you would get an elephant in. My apartment? Yeah. I mean, that in Three its, words. itself would be really messy. Three words, Tim. Operation Dumbo <laughs> Drop. Fuck. You are on the third floor. Which is also the top floor, which is the relevant <laughs> Just giving all these details about my apartment. I have really high ceilings. I do think an elephant could fit. Your SWAT team is, is surrounding you as we speak. Prepared to drop an elephant from an <laughs> helicopter. Um, they would have used a, 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 a very bulky sheep, but they left the battering ram at the other. Uh, I really want to discuss Rachel's like revelations at the end. And in this, especially the imagery of the last chapter, but like, I don't know. I just love the way that a lot of this is written. Um, about, I got other things to talk about too, but, um, I'm going through my highlights. I'm sorry. The children's this magazine. Not the time to do a, car- a crossword puzzle for kids. <laughs> This, uh, <laughs> did you see us trying to beat each other to that one? <laughs> I did not, and I'm kind of glad I did not. Um, like, oh, I gotta hurry. This discussion of her, the the friendship being a codependent friendship, and like that she is needed for this reason. I don't know. I just. <sighs> love this like high concept of trying to understand your place and understand if you are good or evil and what defines good and evil and where that line is and how blurry it is and then to turn around and take this image of a teenage girl staring at a rat crying in an alley well the rat basically says no you have to kill me now i was thinking of it from the outside point of view oh well yeah fair yeah again having a beyblade fight uh, how do you how do you think she does it? I don't want to think about how she does it. I I halfway I I I had this thought on like near near the end of that sequence where I'm like this would be a great time for Tobias just to be really peckish. <laughs> I knew it wouldn't happen. That is the that is the following I need chapter. To leave the room. The, the following chapter is her saying, "You know what? I'm not going to do it." And then Tobias just swooping down and grabbing him and eating him. <laughs> I need to leave the room. What the fuck? You remember that time that Tobias ate Dee Dee? No, let me be clear. It would be terrible writing and take all the autonomy from Rachel. I don't endorse it. But the lizard part of my brain that has bad ideas <laughs> said, you know, there's an easy solution here. It's Tobias to be hungry. No, maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe she's sitting there like really, truly debating it. And then Tobias just swings in and eats it. And she's like, oh. Guess I won't worry about that, and then just gets up and walks away. Unless Tobias, like, remembers what David looks like. 48 minutes in. You guys broke me. That's... I don't know if that's a new record or not, but what the fuck? That may be the record for the longest it's taken up, honestly. Like, Tobias is diving down, and he's like, whoa, I recognize that rat. Pull up, pull up, pull up! What if Tobias is like... 
Like, thanks, Rachel, for finding lunch. It's awfully sweet of you. Picnic. <laughs> Meg is currently reenacting the Captain Picard head, <laughs> head palm, face palm image. She's a mem. <sighs> it's pronounced meme, Tim. I just, this is such a powerful fucking moment. And it, means it is. So much. And you guys just fucking ruined it. Oh. It is a wonderful moment, and I am sorry. I didn't say I wonderful. Am. I said it is a powerful. I don't fucking remember actually what I said. <laughs> but it is not. It is a terrible moment, but it is such it is so well written and that's that's so, what I mean. <sighs> and you fucking jackasses. <sighs> We're like the Spanish Inquisition when you least expect it. I just always expect it. Can that just stop it? <clears throat> I mean, it works for the end times. Hear that, right-wing conservatives? You're never going to force the end of times by trying to make it happen. <laughs> Jesus. Couldn't you have saved it for when I'm like, let's talk about Rachel turning into a fucking plant? Like. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> no. I it's just, just like, how great this... was it when, when uh, Visser, like, chops her head off and was like, yeah, and she just grew another head. And he's like, oh, You mean. Damn. You mean the scene when Rachel is attacked by a slime <laughs> and re and responds by becoming Swamp Thing? Yeah. Okay, so on a on a more serious note. Meg was already on a serious <laughs> yeah, note. Know, you don't you guys do ruined that. the serious note. Like I really I'm am trying like, to like struggling to fucking process here. Good god. I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it back. I'm trying to pull it back. No. Also, you already mentioned Gary Oldman. That was the serious note. <sighs> god. Did when y'all read this? Tim did not get that. No, I didn't. Um. Oh, I got it now. I got it now. I got it. I was trying to think of a movie called A Serious Note. I'm not gonna lie. Um. So, when you read the final page, is there one or the other that was like, "Well, this definitely happened," or do you do you go back and forth on it, or when when you're talking about what she does with Dave? Isn't this where we started the episode? It is. But like in a way. But like like when you read it, did you immediately jump to one or the other? No, I've always thought Rachel killed Dave, yeah, even like, as a kid. Yeah. I, like I, it's it is a horrific thing to do and it is something that is going to haunt her. And it is something that like she's going to need heavy, heavy sleep medication to like never have to process or whatever. Yes. But the most humane thing to do despite the fact that David is a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. The fact that at one point she owns up to the fact that the Animorphs are partly responsible for how why David is the way he is. It, the humane thing is to do is to kill him, to put him out of his misery. Which is, I remember having that tirade when we read the first David series and they said they were going to leave him in a book and I thought that was just horrendous. So I I, I agree with you. It's It's... For Rachel, definitely the worst of the two, but in the grand scheme of things, like, it just sounded so horrible leaving him there. What do you think, our Cassie stand-in? Oh, no, she definitely doesn't. It's absolutely the right call, both to protect her friends and for David. Yeah. Like, I have no question about it. I also think, like, in terms of leaving the emotional work for, for the moment, pretending the gender binary is real, the women to do is, like, so much of... Oh, I didn't even think of that. Man, I gotta process that now. <laughs> I, you know what the the other one was when um when when the cryak starts uh starts in on asking what the other animorphs would do, and uh, 
he asks, or, or if Cassie had to kill Jake or save billions of lives, would she do it? And I remember thinking, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That'd be a, you know, it, when you when you look at the math of it, it's pretty easy. But when you have that one in front of you, I imagine that's a pretty tough call. I there, go ahead. I there was a as soon as as soon as Rachel reduced it down to one person or billions. Or millions, whatever it was, I immediately pictured Chidi Anagonia standing in a, in a trolley. <laughs> I went with um, there's an episode of Charmed from the 90s, not the new Charmed, that discusses this concept: kill one sister, save billions of lives. And they start the episode talking about how they would save their sister because, of course, n- not just the fact that it's their sister; they're the three of them are needed for this powerful, whatever. And then it's actually put to the test. Do you stop the apocalypse by sacrificing your sister? And they switch sides. And at the end of the day, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of one. The problem with asking that here is that that's not, Cryak's not going to stop. He's not going to, that's not what's going to happen here. This isn't. The actual, like, I think it it would be one thing if, like, literally they were in battle and it was, we have to sacrifice one person and this is done versus an all-powerful being who's just going to create situations like this until she breaks and just becomes this mindless murderer for him. So I guess my long way of saying Cassie would kill Jake for the sacrifice of many or to save many. But that's not what is actually the question here. Yeah, and it, I think this is one of those things that as a reader, it's hard to separate, for me at least, was hard to separate from, no, this is a 13-ish year old kid making this call in the moment. Like, we know, and ostensibly they know, because surely Jake or the element, the Elemist is explained enough. The the Krayak is evil and manipulative and blah 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 blah. Like don't he trust is the Krayak. The alternative elements, yeah. Yeah. They don't really trust the elements either. True, but like Jake has had the nightmares and they've dealt with the Drode. Yeah. And like the Drode I think is pretty black and white in terms of where he stands. He's chaotic evil. Yeah. Um that was something I struggled with a little in reading this, is separating as a reader the impulse to go you know not to trust this floating eyeball robot thing versus no, like they are specifically targeting Rachel and preying on these self-doubts. Not one of you went with Spock? I'm not a Star Trek person. No, that was where I went. To be fair, I read the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one or the few in Spock's voice and auto-completed to add the few, if that makes you feel yeah, better, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that. Yeah. I guess, like, I understand that viewpoint. I don't know. I, I hope it's, like, never a situation. I mean, it's a situation that, like, 99% of the world is never going to have to come in contact with. But, like, I can't imagine sacrificing someone who is so incredibly important. I don't know. I feel like I would just be like, yeah, I'm going to sacrifice it. And myself. Have fun. Because I don't think I can live with that guilt. I mean, you say that. But every day, people say... Vote to support politicians. Who... Oh my God, we are not turning this into an election discussion, Alex. No. Who work against the interests of their loved ones? That's all, Alex. 
It's just an example. I, I have to sleep tonight. That, that took an hour. I'm proud of that. <laughs> it's only 58 minutes and even less than that once I cut out <laughs> silences, but I appreciate the sentiment, buddy. Do you think that was really Visor 1? Do you think that he, like, woke up for Nicole Twett and was like, that was a fucking weird nightmare I just had? It was <laughs> alternate. I want to say yes. Alternate timeline Visor 1. No, I want to say it's the actual Esplan 9466 Prime. You think so? Yes. You think you'll have full memory of it? Yes. Only because I think that's the most interesting possible choice with only six books left. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Can't argue that. I also really like that, like, how much she understands Fizzer 1. That, like, because he's sitting there begging, let me take this creature's place. Like, I will do anything you ever want. Like, the the visitor one that we met in the Andalite Chronicles who may have had some level of self-awareness or morality or there's a word I'm looking for here that I'm not finding um that had any drop of good is gone yeah yeah like I went to I went to him from Andalite Chronicles too like the the schemer the game player the the like scientist who wants to learn and is curious like i saw a flash of that version of him in this as well have you ever heard or had someone ask you like what would your 10 year old self think of you or you know ever had that moment of process all the goddamn time (laughs) as one of those like would they be proud of where you are kind of thing now and i i think about it in terms of like would andalite chronicles esplin be proud of esplin who is visitor one I would say no, except for the rank. I think he would be... I think he would be pleased at the rank, for sure. And I think he would be sympathetic to the things he had had to do. I think he would have been judgmental of some of the failures. Like, I feel like Andalite Chronicles... Hork-Bajir Chronicles... I think I said Andalite a minute ago and meant Hork-Bajir. Um, uh, that's because I keep saying Andalite and definitely meaning Hork-Bajir. Uh, Hork-Bajir Chronicles Esplin, I think, like, probably is judging him for some of the failures and being like, cameras, my dude, put in some goddamn cameras. <laughs> um, I feel like there's a part of him that, that, that maybe feels, feels a little sorrow for how what was a passion has turned into a job. Or an obsession. Like, there's no, there's no joie de vivre in Visser 3, Visser 1. That you saw in Esplan 9466. He lives to work. He doesn't work to live. I like the concept of our bad guy having a character arc that isn't necessarily like the tropey um, sympathetic villain that we have nowadays. And it, but it's also not just this blind rage kind of thing. Like I, I just, I like the concept of we can see where point A to happen to point B. Well, it's it's like it's a danger of becoming obsessed. It's a danger of like giving into mania for your work, right? Like you cease to you cease to be anything else. You cease to find any other reason to exist and just sort of become goal after goal after goal without reason for it. No, I agree. I I think that that is yeah. exactly what's happened here. I don't know. I just find it interesting. Um because we're so close to the end, just like looking back at where a bunch of our characters have come from and 
where they are now, especially because that's really what this book is, is like where Rachel is. If we went back and read book two, they would be two completely foreign characters to each other, I think. Not to be confused with the book where Rachel's literally two completely separate characters from each other. Yeah, we don't talk about that book anymore. (laughs) My last thing is I really like this mid-morph scene with David where she's like stuck mid-rat. And all I could think of was like the general covers of this book, especially because there is a cover of Rachel turning into a rat. And that mid-morph does exist. And (laughs) I just found it amusing. Isn't there some other book where someone almost gets stuck mid-morph like Marco and a cockroach or something like that? There's definitely that. There's definitely that they almost got stuck as wolves. Like, it's definitely not two exact hours. Yeah. I think we've come to the conclusion. Two or three. <laughs> two or three. Um, One piece of this book that we have not, I think, given appropriate attention to is uh the pair of characters referred to as tattoo and grease <laughs> david's lackeys these are two i'm going to say bulk and skull-esque dudes i think that's valid uh who find themselves in a place in life where they are willing to take orders from a psychic mouse with the promise of money <laughs> do you think he has the two hundred and twelve thousand dollars? honestly i do yeah i, think I he did does not too. doubt that of all the things in this book that I questioned, that never was one. Interesting. So, Tattoo has a tattoo of a rat on his face. Which you know is like David being like, if you want the money, you're going to get this fucking tattoo. No, not in my in my headcanon. He had that tattoo, so all of this happening is just super convenient. <laughs> he had that tattoo for probably years. And then this talking rat comes by. Brain talking rat. Yeah. This is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to do. And then when that didn't work out, he went on to become Dead Mouse. Yes. I feel like that's a reference that I don't get. Dead Mouse is a performing artist DJ from, I don't know, a decade ago. Oh, okay. My bad. It's an untimely pop culture <laughs> reference. My specialty. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought they were kind of great and kind of dumb and like, Rachel's like, yeah, these two are going to go talk in a bar somewhere too much. And I thought that meant she was going to just, like, stop them and kill them. But nothing, she lets them go. That is a good point. I didn't care what happened to them in the end. And, um, yeah. Man, how long before these two get yerked? I feel like the closest, I mean, I, I played the bulk and skull card earlier. Kids, that's from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. (laughs) <laughs> just in case they don't know oh man if you don't know i'm oh, i'm old but truly like talking about them you know who they would be right at home with are any of blaine's lackeys on iZombie. yeah like oh, donnie man, and crybaby yes. would hang out with grease and skull in the scratching post who's what's the guy's name that doesn't talk i don't remember donnie always called him chief that's okay, Chief. And I need to rewatch iZombie again. I might be rewatching it right now. No, Donnie is one of the best lackeys. I love Donnie. Donnie is very good. Don E would be a good droid. Yeah. Maybe a actually, little more understated and a little more like conniving. What is that actor's name? Bryce Hodgen- Hodgson. Cool. Fuck, he's like exactly a year younger than me. Anything else in this book? I'm good. I'm going to assume there's not a whole lot of technology interplay here. That might change things, unless someone has developed dream reading technology that I am not familiar with. 
Man, if they have, I would love to borrow it. Hey, guess what? What? Dinosaurs got cloacas. Fucking hell. Just gonna dive right into that one, huh? Head first into those dinosaur cloacas. Um, frankly, not a whole lot more on this subject to say, <laughs> but earlier this month, a study dropped, um, confirming what many paleontologists, and frankly, I think people familiar with reptile anatomy and bird anatomy, suspected that dinosaurs, uh, and I am, I am looking at a Slate article entitled, We Finally Know What a Dinosaur's Butthole Looks Like. Oh, no. No. Mm-mm. No. No. Dinosaurs have cloacas. Uh, we, we, I say we as though I am a paleontologist. Paleontologists have discovered a Cetaticosaurus fossil, uh, which unlike many fossils, which are created by a process of ossification that erodes soft tissue, had its cloaca intact. No. No. I hate this. <laughs> okay, fine. I have a backup article. No, no, no. This is fine. I just I don't want to think about dinosaurs' buttholes. Actually, what I don't want to think they about... They don't have buttholes. They have cloacas. <laughs> what, Whatever. What I don't want to think about is the fact that I might become fossilized and people might examine my butthole. I think I want to be cremated. So octopuses, octopodes, octopi. I had a thought that I'm just not going to. It's fine. Enough of this butthole talk. Let's talk about cephalopods and their tentacles. Let's, Can we go? Oh, that doesn't sound better. Can we go one episode without you yelling then? <laughs> Enough about the butthole. <laughs> yes. Okay. Pop quiz, hot shots. What part of their bodies do octopodes taste with? Their cloaca. Octopi don't have cloaca. Thank you. Mm. Did you say cloacae? I don't actually know what the Latin, how to pronounce the Latin <laughs> plural. You would add an E to cloaca, cloacae, maybe? Is it with their, like, little sucker cup things? It's with, it's with their arms. They taste with their tentacles. Uh, and scientists have figured out how. Do they not have sucker cup things? Am I thinking of something else? Did I just no, they of... do. But I think okay. it's the tentacle cool. as a whole. My bad. Okay. Um... I thought we'd spend longer on the dinosaur thing. I hadn't read this one yet. I was no, you're good. We could go back to the dinosaurs. I just don't want to talk about buttholes. No, it's fine. The dinosaur buttholes weren't a very deep well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I hate you both so much. Um, I I love just kind of the the. It's not the lead paragraph in this. It's the second. But to 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 give a quick recap on octopus science. The octopus, and I'm on Gizmodo now, the octopus is a marvel of the biological world. They're super smart, excellent problem solvers, and even a bit mischievous. These cephalopods have no choice but to be smart, as they're forced to raise themselves immediately after birth. They even respond to MDMA in a matter reminiscent of how humans react to this, react to this pro-social drug. Um, then it goes on to explain octopus arms, which are covered in suckers. And can taste objects literally by tasting them. Or sorry, taste objects literally by touching them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can't taste by sorry. tasting. Science! <laughs> Science! This is an advantage in hunting in deep, dark uh, uh, crevices in the seafloor where octopi can't see into. So they can taste whatever they are groping in these holes. 
and discern whether it's an actual meal or something noxious to them. Octopus are in ter- incredibly terrifying. Octopi are adorables. They're the puppies of the seafloor. No, they're not. They're like the evil genius scientists that not necessarily evil, but man, are they fucking terrifying with their intelligence. Okay, fine. They're adorable. They're the kittens of the seafloor. <laughs> I saw an octopus squeeze through an opening that I swear had to be like three inches, and I couldn't help but be super impressed by that. No, that sounds fucking terrifying. That sounds like a horror movie where Megan can't escape from the octopus as it tries to find her and eat her. Well, they have no bones, so... I don't think that was in support of, like, me not being afraid. <laughs> No, that was how they they squeeze through the holes. They're not like rats who just have breaks in their bones so they can compress down. Mm, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Anyway, they have uh, actually, Meg, you were dead on. the The chemotactile receptors are located on their suckers. Can uh, we not, Meg? Dead octopus? No, not in same sentence. Meg Dead Revolver was a good game. <laughs> I'm glad I'm smart enough to figure out that the sucker thing is taste. You and scientists, both. Fuck yeah, missed my calling. Um, the team demonstrated in testing that these sensors react to molecules that do not dissolve well in water. Uh, therefore, they could be found on the surface of octopuses' prey and whatever they touch. Uh, quote so when the octopus touches a rock versus a crab now its arms know okay i'm touching a crab because i know there's not only touch but there's also this sort of taste i didn't expect the octopus thing to somehow be worse than the dinosaur butthole thing oh this is just great so great (laughs) well um okay Still not the worst animal trivia i've brought you're not wrong i apologize to all those giraffes (laughs) Okay, other other late in the episode business. We actually did receive a listener uh question of sort. Cool. Um it is from a listener who gave first and last name. I'm going to abbreviate last name. This is Jake B. Oh, Subject shit. Okay. Message Okay, we'll play. And then it's just signed bandits. <gasps> So, uh, me going, Jake B, that's like, Jake in the book's last name starts with a B. Fucking hell. Are we Yerks? I mean, I'm not, but I've never seen you for three days at a time. Shit, you're right. Either of you, I mean. But I, realize I haven't I seen said you that. for three days at a time either. Mm, you got me. Tim is suspiciously silent. He's sus. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna get kicked out of the ship, aren't I? Yeah. No, I'm here, so it'll be me. <laughs> Is this a good time to talk about some of the comments we got from the contest? Hey, what a skillful segue that I am now butchering by acknowledging. Yes, it would be a great time. Cool. So we closed the contest. We had 80 responses, which is fantastic. Um, and thank you to everybody that entered. We will I'll announce who won in a minute. But um if you, I don't know if you two remember, or if you haven't read what the contact information had, uh, one of the questions on there um, was, what is your favorite book? And I did appreciate that some people were like, do you mean which Anwarf book? Or do you mean which book like is my favorite? 
And because that's I mean, me. That's me. Like, like I would be having the same reaction. Um, I but, hope they provided both because I now yes. want to know both. There are some people that just assumed I meant favorite book in general and like also love them too. But what book, and I haven't done like a full on tally here and I'm not going to now because I think I can kind of tell, but what book do you think is the majority of people's favorite? Mm, There's I mean, two that's I know, mentioned a lot. I know my joke answer, which is book 25, but <laughs> our version. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say the one where everyone is on the Andal, not the Andalite, the, the future year comb world. The one with the howlers. 26. Okay. I'm going to go, is that 26? I, I, I think everybody's favorite no. book is the Andalite Chronicles. I don't think that was 26. 26 was with the hell comb. Uh, Andalite Chronicles is one of them. Yes. It is probably the second um, lead. Um, the first being book 19 where Cassie turns into a butterfly. Oh, nice. Yeah. The familiar. Nope, that's not nope. right. The attack. The decision? And now you have me questioning what it is. The butterfly. Yeah, it's the it's the attack. It's twenty six. You had it. The one where Cassie turns into a butterfly. No, the one with the howlers. My guess. Sorry. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I was still on me. I see. Um, we did have someone who said the David trilogy, which I think is also great. Uh, some of the Axe books. Um, is it a qu- which I also love? Is it a quadrilogy now? That is no. a good question. I don't think so. I think hey, it's a hey, Tim, Is Indiana Jones a quadrilogy? Oh, I don't know. They never made a fourth movie. Correct. Um, We got some really great comments throughout here, and I didn't put that there to, um, with the intention of reading them on the podcast, but some of them are so great that I just was like, we got to do this. Um, The first one being, I also love Meg. Like, Wow, thank you, random fan who is not my friend Ryan. I truly appreciate that. Thank you for the call out. Um, we did get some someone who works for the U- U.S. Postal Service who said thank you. Um, awesome. And no, thank you. You're awesome. This is from my absolute favorite person who entered in this named Bridget. Last name begins with an O. Um, they also... Their favorite book is number seven, which is my favorite book. So like already was biased. But then we get this question and I just think you two are going to love it. Do you ever wonder what Nickelodeon did with the Animorphs TV Andalite puppet? Because I think about that a lot. (laughs) What happened to to it? Where did it go? I need to know. I need the chance to at least pretend to try to buy what I imagine now is a dried out crumbling Andalite puppet. (laughs) Uh, And also, this question has reminded me of the line in this book that brought me absolute delight, in which Rachel talks about how Disney, Nickelodeon, and no one else really knows how how, how neither of them nor anyone else really knows how to portray morphing. DreamWorks, there we go. Uh, Knows how to portray morphing on film. I'm like, okay, someone is calling out the Animorphs TV show. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. That's pretty awesome. Um, we did get someone who said this is probably Yerk still trying to find the resistance, but whatever. Appreciate it, but we are not on the Yerk side. Now, you say that, but... None of us did... have seen the per- anybody for three days in a row. I get it. And we did also accidentally tell the, the Yerks where you live. This is true. Like, fuck you guys. I had to move. Um, yeah, Tim. I'm, I'm the one who said it and edited that episode. Yes. Someone asked if, um, because nowhere did we mention whether or not this was US only or international. And um, I think that 
based on the fact that um, we didn't mention it and we got some international listeners and like, I don't really care. Yeah, we're going to be sending postcards to you internationally. So, yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I just truly appreciate everybody who took a minute to fill that out and um, make us feel a little bit loved. So Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we have five people who are going to be getting kind of like a small gift package from us, which will mostly include the postcard stickers, uh, buttons, things like that. Um, those are Isaac, Abby. Michael D, Rihanna D, and Brad. And if I mispronounce your name, I'm so sorry. Um, and our grand prize winner, who is winning a signed copy of the graphic novel and everything else that everybody else is getting, plus a um, handmade andalite, is Peter B. Um, we'll be posting this on social media when all of this comes up. Postcards are coming in for us this week, so um, hopefully by the end of the month we'll have everything being mailed out. Yay, Peter B. <laughs> Yay, everybody. Yay, everybody. Yeah. Favorites. Yeah, like, if you haven't gone to see it, these postcards are really fucking cool. I'm really excited. Yes, Red did an amazing job, as always, with yes. them. Okay, Tim, your favorite part of the episode is here. The part where you read the outro? Ouch. Well, oh, damn it, that sounded way mean. I just wanted to skip past the, the part that is hard. All right, here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to modify the Mad Libs. I'm going to start a sentence, okay. and you're going to you're going to pick up where I leave off. Okay, I'm actually going to attempt to do this this time. This is not going to be right. like I'm gonna I'm gonna try this for real. Everything the animorphs have ever known is about to change. Yes. Ooh, all right. All right. The Yurks suspect that the Andalites Andalite bandits are human. After all, it's only a matter of time. Before the Yurks take another swing, <laughs> the the Animorphs are found and eliminated, infested, or killed. Okay, all right, all right. Ballpark. Something drastic has to happen because now the Yurks take another swing. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! This one's kind of wide open. Now the uh, odds. First letter is an A. Animorphs may have to reveal. Tell you who they yeah, are. Okay, that's what I was gonna go reveal their secret. And that changes everything. Hey Tim, you did great. <laughs> I got most of the way there. Yeah, you only took extra guesses on a couple. Yeah. Uh, I I'm. It's called the diversion, right? Yes. Okay. I wonder what the diversion is. Would you like to guess? No. I would not. Will you anyway? Yeah, I will. Uh, so, if the Yurks are about to realize that the Animorphs are human, they're going to have to point them in a different direction. Okay, you've defined what a diversion yes. is. Would you like to guess what that direction is? <laughs> Towards the Andalites? Like, they're going to have to stage okay. something to, to, to prove that they're kind of like, oh, what was all... Ah, uh, dang it. Uh, I don't remember where I was going with that. But uh, they're, they're going to have to, like, make it appear as though Andalites are changing and not them. So they're going to fake the existence of Andalites because the Yurks have found out there are no Andalites. No, they're going to fake the existence of Andalites on Earth. Well, yes, that's I meant on yes. Earth. There are no Andalites on yes, Earth. Yes, yes. Andalites. Andalites were made up the whole time. <laughs> Axe is the drode. Vampires are on the moon. <laughs> including Neil Armstrong and Tully Leung. A lot of shit happens next book. I'm very excited. You started reading it and I was like, I don't remember what? And because, like, there is something about the next book that just really stands out to me. And I was like, 
yeah, I don't was... remember. I don't actually remember the plot of this. And then I was looking at it. It's like, okay, I actually do remember it. But it, this book, like, I'm really excited. That's all. Is it is it a Tobias book? It is a Tobias book. I forgot. And Tobias beefs it. I forgot to add that part. I have to add that about every book now. Oh, okay. I waited this so... entire book for Rachel to die. Because y'all have programmed <laughs> me that somebody is going to. And I just thought that's what was going to happen. The Cryak was going to doom her. What do you mean we programmed you two? Did you not read the last book? No, y'all have been doing it for like 50 episodes. <laughs> I don't know what he's you're talking about. He's not wrong. <laughs> no, he's totally wrong. I did. I really thought that it was going to happen. One of us always lies. One of us always tells the truth. <laughs> Trick, I was the liar and we both lie. <laughs> Okay. Uh anything else? Any shout outs? Tim, you've had the whole episode to think about it. Meg, you had things you knew you wanted to say. I've already done mine. Uh no. Nah. You're not wrong. Yeah, I don't have anything. Um go listen to the way we hunt now. It's still going on. It's very good. Um I'm also going to be in a I think it's a bonus episode. Um thing for um reignite i'm going to be in a bonus reignite episode um playing a character i don't know how many details are out about that episode or anything but it's coming up soon so i gotta actually do my lines tonight or tomorrow so very exciting well i did not know you were working on she tagged me in a group thing and was like uh here's this person who i think maybe becomes a villain it's like oh fucking hell all right i guess i don't have a choice (laughs) Oh, runs an evil shadow organization. Then I was like, yeah, okay, fine. That, yeah, that's me. All righty. Uh, I will also point out Meg was on the recent Panelology Spooptacular, I which was. is one of my oh favorite my episodes we do every year. It feels year. like 20,000 years ago, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Okay, we would like to thank Red Spinks for our show art and for our amazing postcard art. You can check out more of their work by supporting their Patreon or visiting at Chaos Does Art on Instagram. If you're interested in getting some cool art, email red c.spinks.animator at gmail.com. Peep our social means at Minds at York on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at Minds at York at gmail.com. Our website is Minds at York.com. Don't forget, York is spelled Y-E-E-R-K. If you like us and want to help us out, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We are available on your podcatcher of choice. Don't read out all of the social media passwords, Alex. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. All right. Somebody stop me. When? Good guys. My name was Alex. I'm Megan. My name was, is Tim. And until then, we fight. <laughs>